This is a podcast of the Church at Indian Lake. Because my message, um, oddly enough, is not really a Mother's Day message as it is just a God message um, to you. Um, what I feel like God has spoken to me to, to relay to you. And um, Aaron mentioned, you know, that I'm a little into my kids. And, and if you're friends with me on Facebook, you probably get inundated with it and are like, honey, stop. But um, in Acts 13, I, I loved it when I come across this, this scripture. In Acts 13, 36, it says, For when David had served God's purpose in his own generation. Um, and that kind of gave me a little justification for using the social networking sites, and by golly, whatever they bring out next, I'm going to be on top of it. I may never die. I may never serve my full purpose in my generation. As long as they keep coming out with them, I'm going to learn them. And um, I'm going to share with you about um, my life. So click me off if you don't want to learn. But anyway, some of the things that, um, that you may have heard, you know, my kids, as Ann said, it was such a beautiful spiritual experience to have each of my three children. Um, and as they have grown, we've kind of hit that sweet spot where they're, they're getting easy, you know. It's not so much of the grunt work. Now it's more like a mental game that we're playing with them. But um, all of them grow up, and my kids aren't perfect. You know, my, my six-year-old came home one day and took a Sharpie to his bedroom door in green and wrote, stay out. And I'm thinking, six? Really? What do I have to look forward to when he's 16, you know? And um, so I, I think, though, that at 9, 7, and 5, we've, we've done okay so far. I think we're going to make it through the home stretch. Um, I think it's really interesting, the preconception that you have about motherhood before you become a mother. And I was that mother who thought my love for my kids, my commitment and my devotion, my sheer will was going to spawn the greatest parental experience known to man. The angels would sing, the heavens would open up, and God would smile down on my little family. And um, that lasted about two seconds, and then reality hit in, set in. So um, I just want to encourage all of you mothers to just embrace, um, embrace the experience that God has given you and be courageous in that. God bless all of you mothers. Happy Mother's Day. And now I'm going to get into um, the actual message part of it. Um, I'm actually really honored to be the official Mother's Day speaker um, because it's the second year that we've been the church in the lake, and I have gotten to speak both years. Now, when you only preach or speak once a year, there's a certain pressure that comes with that. And I'm not asking for more speaking opportunities. Please do not misunderstand me. But I kind of feel like, you know, that like God is looking down on me and perhaps he's saying, here's your one chance, Fancy. Don't let me down, you know. And <laughs> I know that's absurd because I'm actually speaking. I'm not doing whatever it was that Fancy did in that song, not that I would know. And, and if you know, shame on you. Um, <laughs> But anyway, anyway, I sat in Panera on Thursday. This really, this this message is has been a real struggle for me because I had something in mind that I wanted to share, and then God kept saying, "No, this is what I want to say," and I was like, "But no, that's that's not Mother's Day-ish." 
I want to say this. And he was like, child, no, I want to say this. So finally, I'm sitting in Panera on Thursday because all three of my kids are in school on Thursdays. And I wanted to just get out of the house, get out of, you know, all the little distractions and stuff. And wouldn't you know, I am totally sitting there in Panera, yielding to God, crying and sweating. And neither of those things are attractive on me. And I looked like an absolute freak. But... um. But God is really good, and he loves you guys a lot. Let me tell you, he loves you a lot because he wants this word to get in your spirit today. And he really pounded it in me. I feel very unworthy to, to share this. I feel very unworthy to do what I feel like he wants to have done before we walk out of here today. But I was sharing with one of my friends that I felt a little nervous about this. And if you can put up um, 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5, here's what she shot back at me. And it really helped me. Um, it says, I'll just go ahead and start reading it. When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with the eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. And the message Bible there says, I was unsure of how to go about this and felt totally inadequate. I was scared to death, if you want to know the truth of it. That's how I feel. Okay. My message and my preaching were not the wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. And so here's the bottom line. I feel like God cares more about giving you your miracle than he cares about my feelings of inadequacy today. So we're just going to move forward. Um, let's go ahead and read real quick Romans 8, 28 through 39. Let me find it here in my Bible. It says, And we know that in all things God works for the good to those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with, them, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. It is he. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity, Lord, just to be obedient and be your vessel. God, I just ask that you would open the hearts, the ears, and the eyes of every single individual here I know, Lord, that no one is here by accident, and I know, God, 
as I've struggled with this all week, Lord, that you want to get through to people. You want to have lives changed today. And so, God, I thank you for your power. I thank you for your might. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that is ever-present here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, in Romans, um, the, the whole book of Romans, Paul is writing a letter to the church at Rome, and he had only heard of the church at Rome. He had not been there, and they were awaiting his message, and he was longing to share with them what he felt like God was giving him to share. He felt a bond with the people of Rome, even though they had never met. And he used a woman named Phoebe. You can find that in chapter 16, verse 1. She was kind of like a deaconess. She was um, just a lady who really loved the Lord and, and served. Um, and he used her to carry the letter to Rome. And so, in many ways, it's very appropriate. I haven't met all of you today, but I feel a burden for you to get what God has for you. And I'm a woman, so I'm going to give it to you. Okay. Um, what I want to do is really just break down verse 28, 29, and 30 and kind of lay it out for you. I like to dissect things. I like to research things and kind of, you know, just beef them up a little. And so I just want to lay this out before you. Um, we'll start with um, verse 28. First of all, it says, God works in all things. And it doesn't say that he causes bad things to happen. Um, but he will work with what's there. And the next part of it is for the good. In um, Genesis 50, verse 20, um, um, Joseph is talking to his brothers, and he says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. Um, And then, of course, we know Jeremiah 29, 11, which says, you know, God's plans for us are good. So God works in all things for the good, and the next part is of those who love him. I think we can all safely say that we love the Lord today. Amen. Who have been called. Well, your first calling is to receive Christ. That's our immediate calling. That's an easy one. Um, if you're struggling you know, with what your calling is, I can tell you right now, your calling is to receive Christ and to follow him. And then from there, it just gets easy. Because if you're, if you're receiving him and you're following him, then, you know, the rest of it is cake. I think we make that too hard sometimes. But um, the last part is we are called according to his purpose. Romans 9, 17, it talks about um, something back in Exodus when the Lord said to Pharaoh, I raised you up for this very purpose that I might display my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Um, I think if uh, you know the Lord can use Pharaoh, he can, he can use us. Um, let's move along to verses 29 and 30. And these are, you know, it's not a very long um, passage, but it's very meaty and chewy and chunky and just full of yummy goodness. It's all packed into these two little verses. So let's just break it down a little bit. Let's break it down. Um, those God, first of all, those God foreknew, or you could also say foreloved. Um, if you go to Ephesians 1, 4, it says, For he chose in him, he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And then you can write down Psalm 139, verses 15 and 16. Aaron and I actually used this verse in, um, on our wedding invitations, 
And um, I just, I think you could honestly use this verse in every every message, every sermon that's ever been given. You could use this um, this little thing. It just talks about how God knew us before we were even formed in our mother's womb. Um, it says, "My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book." before one of them came to be. So those God foreknew. The next part, he predestined. John 15, verse 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. I think that's another part that we forget sometimes. God expects us to bear fruit. Um, Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Um, A lot of people will kind of get bogged down in, well, if God knows who is going to accept him, or if God already knows who is predestined to be um, a Christian, then why even bother? But if you'll go to John 5, 40, it proves that we actually have free will. It says, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. So don't do that. (laughs) Don't refuse him. The next part, those he predestined, he also called. Luke 5, verse 32 says, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. A call from God is very powerful. He, he spoke the earth into existence. He speaks things. When he calls you, that is powerful. And you can, you can just get on board with that, okay? Listen for his voice. And a calling is an invitation, and an invitation from God is a really, really good thing. Am I boring, y'all? You sure? Okay, I feel like I'm just like, you know, firing information at you, and um, it's good information, right? Okay, Um, then the next part, Um, let me see, where are we here? For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he, mm, okay, so the next part is, those he called, he justified, and I love that word, just as if I never sinned, justified. God justifies us. We can't justify ourselves, but I am a justifier. I like to justify things, and I think it's a really horrible habit. I'm trying to get out of, you know, if I get caught in something or, you know, if somebody points out something that is maybe, you know, is not necessarily a sin, but just kind of like, girl, what are you doing? I like to justify it. Well, you don't understand. You know, here's the situation, and here's why I did this. Uh Uh-uh. You know, if you justify something, you buy it. What you justify, you buy. So don't justify things like God justify you. Romans 5, 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And Romans 8, 1 says, Therefore, I love this verse, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So those he predestined, he also called, and those he called, when he calls you, he's going to justify you. He is going to make it to where no condemnation can come against you. And next, I've kind of got these in letters, like this is E for me. Um, I don't know why you would want to know that, but it's helping me. So (laughs) it is, uh, oh, I didn't know that. Todd, I'm sorry, you can put up E. If you'd like, those he justified, he glorified. Sorry, that would have probably helped. A little visual there, you know. Um, let's just go through. Stop it right there. This is a process, okay? 
A, those God foreknew, he foreknew us. B, he predestined us, but we can refuse him, right? We don't want to do that, but we can. That's, he made us like that. C, those he predestined, he also called. So it's not only that he foreknew us and had a destiny for us, but he called us for a specific purpose. D, those he called, he justified. And now E. <laughs> There's not an E. <laughs> sabotage. <laughs> he's just upset because he's not up here. He's trying to sabotage me. I know I gave you an E to put up there. Anyway, those he justified, he glorified. Um, this one's hard for me. I don't like to talk or look at or study anything that talks about my glorification. That makes me uncomfortable. I, I just want to think about glorifying God. I don't like to even think about, um, you know, to me that's almost like, ooh, that's cultish or that's freaky or something, but um, it's totally in the Bible, and so I think we need to touch on it. I'm not going to leave anything out, but... Um, What it's actually talking about is our final completion. When we are made like him and we see him face to face in heaven, that's when the glorification comes. Um, And so I I think that verses 29 and 30, if you read that and kind of get that in your spirit, it's a process, it's a race, if you will. And Galatians 5, 7 says, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you? and kept you from, from obeying the truth. That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. Okay, so you're, you're running a race. Obviously, this, this life that, that we're having in Christ, it's a race. You've got to pace yourself and all that. But there are things, people, um, enemies, friends, who will cut you off. Who is cutting you off? If we can just stop for a minute and just talk about that. If you can look at your life and think, who is cutting you off? Intentionally or unintentionally? And at the same time, who are you cutting off? Who are you sabotaging? Stop it. Okay? And it's real. It happens. Unfortunately, I wish it wasn't so, but people hurt each other in church. And it makes me sick. It makes me sick that it comes out of selfishness, okay? So I'm telling you today, the word of the Lord is do not do it. Do not sabotage your fellow Christians. We get enough of that from the enemy, okay? But here's the good news. We're going to lighten it back up again. God is for us, okay? God is for us. If we read verses 31 through 39 again, it says, okay, he's gone through all this other stuff. It's a process, all of that. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? And I think if he stopped right there in this passage, I think if he just stopped there, that would be good enough. You know? Period. If God is exclamation point. If God is, question mark, exclamation point. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. What he's saying is, he gave the most precious thing to him, his child. And I would not do that for you. I love you so much, but 
but I adore my children, and I would not lay them down for you. I'm sorry. I'm a flawed human being. I would not do that, but God did that. He loves you a lot more than I love you, and I love you a lot. Um, Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. It's only 11.25. Oh, my word. Okay. (gasps) Well, I guess we could get out a little early today so people could go eat. Um, (laughs) I thought this would take a lot longer. (laughs) No, I've got more. I've got more. But anyway, um, (laughs) I want to share with you a little... A little experience that I had at the um, at the women's retreat, um, we had Leanne Albrecht come, and and she was amazing. She ministered to us so well. Janine gave a message on bitterness and offense, and when I was first sitting there listening, you know, to Janine, I was kind of like, well, I'm not a really, I'm not a bitter person. I'm not easily offended. I'll just sit here and pray to see who else in the room this is for, you know? And I just I want everybody to really get this, you know. So I'm just gonna be very prayerful and pastoral wifey and all that and just yes, yes, you know, I'll pray for somebody at the altar or something. And then something happened. And as Janine was speaking, God totally like ripped that blinder off and I was like my gosh, I'm totally bitter about some stuff. Totally got offended about that. Totally got offended about that. Oh my word, didn't even know it. But thank you, God, that you opened my eyes to it. So that was kind of like, okay, all right, I'm having to like totally rethink my whole life right now. And then Leanne got up. And she did this little thing with us. It was called The Great Exchange. And don't worry, I'm not going to do it with you right now. But you can actually do this with yourself if after I've explained it to you if you want I highly recommend it it changed my life my life was changed after this this day and this experience and what the great exchange is you sit there you kind of get in communion with God okay you really really quiet yourself and listen to him and you ask God to show you a time in your life when it all went wrong And it may not be what you think. You don't say, take me to this date and this time. You say, God, show me when the bitterness set in. God, show me when I very first began to take up an offense. And then that became a habit in my life. God, show me. So I'm sitting there, and Leanne is leading us through this. And she's like, okay, ask God to show you. Ask God to show you when it was. And I'm... I'm thinking in my, in my, to myself, I'm thinking, I'm probably going to go to when my third child was born, very ill, almost died. That's what I'm thinking, logical, right? I'm thinking that's when I was kind of shaken up, you know, in my life. And um, I'm kind of waiting for that, you know. And God took me somewhere completely different that I was not expecting at all. And I think that sometimes we can become blinded, you know, to what is cutting us off in the race. And, and that's the enemy. He wants you to not see what it is, because if you can see it, you can ask God to help you deal with it, right? So 
so he, un- he unveiled this to me, and I was like, wow. You know, I was like, God, I was kind of sitting in the back. People couldn't see my facial expressions, because I was like, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and so he was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, now listen. So, and he's like, okay, just bear with me, bear with me. So he's showing me this situation, okay? And I'm not going to tell you what it is, all right? So don't, mm-mm. Um, but he's showing me this situation, and so the next part of it is, you are supposed to ask God to reveal himself in that situation. So you're kind of like, in your mind, you're kind of reliving it. I know it sounds all supernatural, but it's, it's good for you, okay? Do this. And, um, and so she, she says, ask God, ask Jesus to show you where he was in that situation, okay? So just like that, I asked him, Lord, reveal yourself to me. Where were you when this was going on? Where were you really? And there he was, okay? And he was, he was right there. He was just right there with his hand on me and all this stuff. So then it says, now you've got to take Jesus' hands or take the hands of the person that's in this situation with you, whoever it was that offended you or made you bitter or anything like that, take their hands, put them in the hands of Jesus. Give it to him and let it go. That's hard. And I did it. I really, really did it. I did it. And I cannot tell you how freeing that is. So the next step is then you have a little conversation with Jesus. And whatever it is he wants to say, well, here's what happened to me, okay? I'm kind of a... I'm kind of a person that likes to take care of things, you know. I like to stick up for myself. I'm kind of, I mean, Aaron takes great care of me, but he probably gets a little frustrated sometimes because, you know, like I'm like, I can take care of myself. Let me at him, you know. And I, I like to, I like to, I like to be strong, you know. And um, I think that what happened was I was so busy being strong, so busy surviving, so busy um, being self-sufficient that I sabotaged myself. I didn't allow God to the situation, and then it was festering. So, okay, so then I'm having my little talk with Jesus, and this is very personal, but I'm going to share it with you because I think it's awesome, and I think that it would be great if everybody could have an experience like this if you haven't. I'm having this conversation with Jesus, and I literally, in my mind, I kind of like just crawled up in his lap, you know, and um, my, my daddy's gone, so Mother's Day's not real hard for me. Father's Day kind of stinks, but... Um, it's kind of like, you know, he, he was my father, and you're crawling up in his lap. And here's what he said to me, okay, in, in, in what I, how I hear Jesus. He said, honey, I got this. Okay, does that make sense? Why was that a revelation to me? He literally took my face in his hands, and he said, I've got you. I'm taking care of you. You don't have to manipulate. You don't have to connive. You don't have to jockey for position. I've got this. And can I just tell you, when it says, if God is for us, who can be against us? God is for us. God is for you. Okay? He's on your side. And more than that, he's going to help you win. You are going to win as long as you're in line with with what he wants to do. I want if our musicians could come up. Um, 
We're going to share a song with you. It's called, appropriately, You Are For Me. I'll go ahead and... Um, Steve, I think I'll just switch over. Check, check. There we go. Let me find my words. Oh, goodness. There we go. I want to thank... Um, Penny and Aaron and David back there, whom you can't see, and Janae, who is so awesome to play violin slash fiddle for us today. This song, um, goodness gracious, I can't find my words. Um, This song is called You Are For Me. Thank you, Penny. and as this song is playing, here's, here's the, the scary part to me, okay? I have felt this all week long and fought God and fought God and fought God because I did not want to step out on this limb. It's not because I don't have faith. It's just I do have faith. It's just that it's scary. I believe that God wants to take care of business today. I think that's his will. I think that's what he wants. And I'm not going to stand in the way of it. Whatever, however it makes me look, I don't care, okay? And I think that at the end of this song, if you will take time during this song to let the Lord minister to you and reveal to you what it is that you need help with, that you need prayer for, if you will take that act of faith and come up here, there's going to be some people who are ready to roll up their sleeves and pray for you and I truly believe you are going to have a miracle today. And that takes some guts for me to say, what if I fail? What if nobody comes forward? What if... It doesn't matter. God wants to do something today, and he is going to do it. And if you receive it, you can have it, okay? One specific area that he has told me over and over. Um, women who either having trouble conceiving or um, have, you're pregnant now, or you're just struggling with that. Um, I believe that God wants to touch you today. I don't know exactly what he's going to do, but I believe that God has a purpose for you today if you will step out in faith. Church at Indian Lake podcast. Be sure to check out IndianLakeChurch.com for all updated news and information.